Yeah. Shut me down. So, so I, I should be flattered. That's the other one. I should be flattered. Yeah. Be flattered. It's just going to be a little work, but you know, I'll, what I'll do is I'll, when I um, take pictures of all my posts, I'll put them in another format. I'll turn them into, in, into TikTok videos with like 35 in one. I, I just did, I just did one the other night, like all my posts in the last week before the, uh, you know, and, and I called it my, uh, my gubernatorial, um, race or <laughs> my, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, turned it into a TikTok video and then I could share that on Instagram, Facebook, <clears throat> YouTube, shorts. YouTube shorts. Yeah, I was too effective, so it definitely shut me down. And I think um, I think Arizona Daily started, and yeah, I think I think they purposely, um, you know, they don't want me to get, to get on the ballot. The corporate media is run by fucking corporate corporations. Five corporations. It used to be six corporations owned all our media. Now it's five. It's gone down to five. And that's, it's called a monopoly. Now, this is where um, <clears throat> a little research could come in handy to stare into um, when they broke up monopolies before in American history, remember? Do you remember from your American history course in high school? Um, they talked about, uh, like, the robber, remember the robber barons? The the um, early industrialists. Yeah, the, sweat, the, the sweatshops. Yeah. Kids, Those, they uh, had kids you know, working England for them. England and here, and uh, that's the birth of Mar of um, socialism. And what's what's the difference between? I mean, like I'm a political science like honors scholar, <laughs> but you know, like okay, what's it, I wanted to specify what's it, difference between a, a, so, just a, a socialist and a Marxist? I think the answer is that a Marxist is kind of like more willing to go to like violent extremes or something like that. Yeah, I exactly. Yeah. yeah, a socialist is more soft-handed. But yeah, still... it's supposed to be. But still, you know, the fascists are um, also socialists. Well, they're corporate socialists. They want socialism for corporations, but they want nothing for us. They're not. They're not socialists. Uh, uh, national. Um, well, national socialists. That's where the word Nazi comes from in 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 Deutsch, in the Deutsch language. The closest to a utopian society that I ever saw was uh, Franco's uh, Spain in 1970, hmm. and he was a fascist. There was no crime. There was no graffiti. Uh, there was no gangs. There but was like that. what did he? Was he like um, 
Disappearing people? Was it was was he uh, Franco? Was he? He was. I think he was torturing people who were against the regime. But you got to be huh. crazy against <laughs> being against the regime because it was wonderful. <laughs> At least it was for tourists. I don't know how it was. See, the Spanish people aren't happy unless they're destroying themselves. Mm. Unless they're wow. partying to, to, to death. Because any society that shuts down at 2 p.m., goes to sleep, and reopens at 5 that's p.m. That's the weather, bad major. That's, that's a symptom of the weather. No. In, in these hot, yeah, they have to, it's part of the culture, and God bless them, you know, the nap. The invention of the nap. The siesta. Yeah, la siesta. Yeah. It, it freaking works. And yeah, it's, no, no it's, it's wonderful. It's because they had so much money coming in throughout 400 years of <clears> owning <throat> the new world, or most of the new world, <clears throat> half of the new world, that they. Uh, that they partied and partied till four in the morning, and then you know people have got to get up to work, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's very. It, they party, they party, party, party. Yeah, party, what's party wrong culture. with that? Well, because it was the it was Social. because of the exploitation of the new world and genocide and all that, and led to you know there, there's 500 galleons that are Spanish galleons. Isn't that, are, that like? Oh, um. Well, I think that's kind of a separate issue, but. Um, no, it's a yeah, it's just part of, like, the culture to, like, party and, and, and have a nap during the, in the afternoon, because it's so oppressively hot in that, in, yeah, in, in this, in this place. In, in Taiwan, it's a, well, it's, it's a tropical, um, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, it's not, uh, it's not part of the culture to have a siesta in Madrid. Yeah, it is. It yeah, is. right? So For 400 it years, hot. it is. Freaking hot. It's not because of the heat. It's because okay. of the uh, party. They invented the siesta or not? I think they did. Yeah, because it's, it's freaking Spanish. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and the siesta is, is a magical thing. <laughs> It's a wonderful thing. It's it's very refreshing, and uh, yeah, it's so freaking hot during that time of day. And you know they do it in Taiwan too, and to an extreme. Like the kids, like um, you know, they do it from all ages. You know, in school, that's like they have lunch. See, I taught there for many years, so I I, I, know, I know exactly their routine, and I. Uh, you know, the teachers nap too. Everybody like, you know, if it's babe like babies, whatever, they roll out like pads or whatever and um, turn down the lights and everybody takes a little everybody, including the teachers. Well maybe not the head teacher. But yeah, teachers if it's you know, there's just it's an allotted nap time. <laughs> During the <laughs> during the school day, it's it's just written into the you know the pr procedure no the the schedule curriculum the schedule yeah, we have a nice lunch at, like at this my last my last job was this wonderful um, private school um, very 
it was actually in a movie with Jay Chow. That Jay Chow is, is like the number one Mando pop singer. In fact, uh, you know, I'm going to. I wanted to do like. I wanted to do a, like a little mini album of Jay Chow songs and um, covers, basically. And. I think that would really trip out the um, Taiwanese people. <laughs> like a like a white chick from America. <laughs> America. She's from America. What's she thought? I love Chinese, but Chinese so good. Make me so happy. See like foreign girl on stage. <laughs> Singing Jay Chow song, very funny. <laughs> I laughed very hard. So ha. <laughs> well, I certainly do like uh, Asians uh, sexually. <laughs> Dude, man, they're they'll like be throwing pussy at you. Sorry to say it. So like, uh, you know, Beard and they all? love. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. They love sure. Westerners. Yeah, like white beard man. The all. white man, what? Beard and all. Beard, beard and all. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally, man. Um, and that's why the white dudes love to go there to Asia. You know, like that's, mm. well, Taiwan especially because, uh, because we protected them before, like uh, when China sent some ships towards Taiwan um uh the US uh sent ships to uh protect yeah to protect mm. Taiwan so so that's why it's probably the last place in the world where they still like us so i guess that's why there's so many gay guys and trannies in Taiwan is cuz there's no not too much room for men in Taiwan cuz the women want american guys so they don't want taiwanese men so what do the guys do? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, you know, there's a lot. It, it depends on how much money you have. The, uh, like the women are, are so, they're very beautiful, but there's also a super materialistic kind of like mm. thing, you know. So you have to be real careful, and and also the, the um, you know, don't play, don't play with them because they're, they'll like stalk you and shit, you know, like if. It, you know, if you Stop. sleep, if you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, um, like if you, if you say like if you sleep with, if you sleep with too many chicks, mm. they'll get like jealous and they'll start stalking you and yeah, because they'll they'll yeah, I mean you'll they'll try to snag you like immediate like at the airport you know snag you I mean, yeah they'll you, you know marriage you for sure yeah man everything anything. Everything and anything, you know. Right, because this is the this is this is like the dream of their dreams. They love is... white. The white man is revered in Taiwan. That's why dudes love the white dudes, even like super ugly dudes mm. that can't get laid back home. They they get you know pussy thrown at them. Mm -hmm. Literally, I know that in India, I see a well here, not in India, but I know that. Here, I see a lot of Indian girls that are very dark skinned and they always go for these white redheaded guys. 
<laughs> it's like it's amazing. I hardly see like one out of twenty is with a black guy. I've never seen him with Mexican guys, and then they either go for yeah, like in, like Southeast Asian. No, uh, Indian from India. Right. Yeah. yeah. Indian, Indian girls. They seem to like, and their faces are all lit up, and they look at the red-headed white guy like he's a <laughs> god, freckles and all, like he's a god. <laughs> She's like, ah, my mother's been telling me about you all my life. <laughs> You're the one, please, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Huh. It's like, wow. And the guy's like, Yeah. Oh, she's listening to every goddamn little thing I say. Huh? <laughs> no matter what I say, I can be talking about the, the threads on a screw. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, Vendmate. Indeed. There is yeah. paradise somewhere on this planet, I say. Either on the surface or inside. <laughs> Nobody talks about inner earth. Huh? I guess the last time they had a big thing with that was when they did the uh, the Harry Potter trilogy. Yeah. Isn't uh -huh. it a trilogy? Um, I think there are more, more than a trilogy now. Right? Okay. What's your name, man? <laughs> Just be happy. Just... No, you be happy. Everything goes Fine, well for you. Everything goes well no, for you. You be happy. Yeah, Even everything's more. everything's groovy. We just need to get some acid. <laughs> Take advantage of those pillowy mountains. Hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh. For uh, an enlightening experience. Man, I've, I've only tried like tiny, tiny bits a couple times before. You've never it was like. Pretty good. Took the lights fantastic. It, and uh, yeah, I've never been like. Um, yeah, the doors of reality really, didn't melt for you. Yeah. Nothing like that. Uh, when I do these kind of things, I, I see it as kind of like in spiritual, shamanic device. Mm. The shamanic devices. What do you think about that for a band name? Shamanic devices. Yeah, the shamanic devices. The it sounds like the, the psychedelic furs. The shim is for short. <laughs> It's nice to have another song different from Cracklin' Road, the da 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 Go scram! Get out of here! Exactly why I don't want the fucker around. <laughs> Even Hank don't like you, you're freaking annoying. Beautiful. Hey, I'll try to chill, man. Try to stay in one place and not bug the hell out of everybody. <laughs> Crazy. 
such a terrible choose. She's just finally getting at Stop stop licking your butt on my sofa. That's disgusting. I have a serious. I do not allow my dogs to lick their butts in my presence. It's okay for me if with me if they had pistachios. If they had pistachios, they can lick their balls all they wanted. What? If they had if they had some pistachios to give me, I don't care if they lick their balls in front of me. Because <laughs> I'm addicted. Funny. I'm addicted to pistachios. <laughs> I need the pistachios. What's a you know, hey man, I need to do some painting and so why don't you put in in um you know sure. cartoon form like your um your pistachio uh, idea well i have all concepts i have uh i mean like a little actually, box at that home be... that i have all the pistachios <laughs> I, I put them all together all the ones all the characters yeah you know what you make a little stage for it so and so you take pictures and then put that into a comic strip. That'd be really interesting. I bet you could sell that to the papers, man. <laughs> Maybe. Or syndicate yourself. Syndicate yourself and put it as like an ongoing... <laughs> well, my idea would be that, you know, the pistachios... Or, would, um... Do you think you could do, like, you know, a series of them? Probably, right? Maybe like steps. some kind of drama between the pistachios? I have pistachios that are like all like... <laughs> fucked up like they're lepers <laughs> I have pistachios that look like they're laughing pistachios look like they're really grim and evil stupid looking pistachios crippled looking pistachios you know hmm. and my idea is to, for them to like have this protest uh, where there's a, there's a group of pistachios getting sick because of all the junk sh junk food so we could put like little Pizza signs, little hamburger without, you know, necessarily naming McDonald's or Burger King, naming them. But, you know, a little burger, a little house with a burger, a little house with a pizza. We're getting sick because of all this. You know, they're protesting and they're breaking it down and they're, 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 um, they're having a riot. But they're having a riot for the good of everyone. Mm. You know, so that kind of like uh, parallels the riots that they had, you know. For uh, BLM, you know, because uh, the right sees it. Oh, you know, they're destroying society. You know, the reality is, is they're making things better for everybody. But getting rid of the old crap hmm. <laughs> doesn't belong anymore, because it's just an old vibration that doesn't uh, serve the purpose anymore. So the pistachios are all pissed off at this, you know, this <laughs> crap that everybody's eating, you know, they're getting sick, you know, we're pissed, <laughs> <Stachios>! <laughs> <You know? laughs> carrying signs, you know, uh, like, um, what is it called, this pistachios? <laughs> if you add a series, what would it be called? The pistachios? What would it be called? <laughs> Maybe one shell at a time. 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. One shell, one shell at a time. <laughs> now, my question, okay, this is this is interesting. Is okay. that an actual song, you, or are you just making one up? No, right? no, that's the theme song to uh, one. You made up a theme song a, for no, it? No, I didn't make up. That's the actual <laughs> theme song to one one day at a time. The one where um, just changed. What, what just changed the lyrics to one shell at a time. Yeah, one shell at a time. No, that's the Jefferson. How did the one day at a time go? One day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. That's like the change, but I don't remember the beginning. But it was with Mackenzie Phillips. She was always skinny and like always like strung out. Always, you know. You just look better in stages. Started looking worse and worse as the show progressed. More emaciated. Yeah, emaciated. Yeah, and she was born actually born from emaciation. You know, from drug addict parents. Oh wow. Michelle Phillips and uh, John Phillips. <laughs> drug addicts. And that too. Anyway. There you go. So, there you um, go. So uh, the other one, the other girl. Was uh, married to um, uh, Eddie Van Halen. I don't seem oh. to remember her name. Oh yeah, uh, Valerie uh, Bertinelli. Yeah. Right, yeah. Now why she did she so have beautiful? This, but why did she have this? Did you ever notice? My question is weird because you mentioned that show, and the first thing that popped into my mind was that wig. She used to wear this wig like from half of her head back. Bless you. You got them going too. Why? Why was that? Why was she wearing a wig from this part back? Did you notice that? And it was a straight hair. You remember that? Uh, one day at a time. One day at a time. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> And then there was the uh, the plumber, really, the no, plumber maintenance man, handyman that was always like trying that? to woo the mother, the redhead. Oh. She was divorced from the father, which was a mafia. No, we should guy. watch. We should watch it like just like a, a clip. Hmm. Just to remind my myself, I'm trying to man. I'm trying to like it's it's like vague, very vague. Remembrance of the uh, show. I thought it was kind of, kind of like a good show, right? Wasn't it? For a child. <laughs> but then you grow up and put a put aside childish things. Well, I remember the TV as being particularly good in those days. Hey, you're too big to hang out, man. Sorry. You're too big to hang out. <laughs> it's like having a fucking bear in the room. <laughs> you that in your eyes. Mm-hmm. 
That's a mash. That's a mashup between the Jeffersons and <laughs> and One Day at a Time. Play YouTube clip One Day at a Time series. Uh, there's one on Netflix, but I guess uh, original main title from season. Oh, here we go. Who are you? Oh, this what title? Don't bite Willis before watching this. Yeah, yeah, it's wholesome looking. Right? This is your on TV. In, uh, you call that clean? in hindsight, this is This is it. What to do? Pat Harrington is Schneider. Just <laughs> like dancing and I just thought he was such a funny character. But uh, Mary Louise Wilson is a the neighbor, the nice lady neighbor. So it's a it's a like a single mom with two uh, grown up kids. <laughs> Young ladies, Very much. season one now available on. Um, what do I need the whole season? And I just saw Max, that. What is That's it? it. Good. I'm not gonna tell. Good enough for government work, man. There's mom comes home. We she's got a bag in her hands. She ha offers it to them. They slam the door as they go out. She's smiling. Bonnie Franklin. She sits down in a chair. Oops. And then uh, the daughter. She's with the daughter and like uh, you know. And then it's the one of the daughters, uh, uh, Mackenzie Phillips, like dancing and looking from un behind the uh, chest and um, the neighbor or the handyman like. Uh, blow, uh, blow drawing them. <laughs> Exalting the single parent lifestyle, are they? And then Mary Louise Wilson putting on some shoes and like dancing at the doorway. And then they, then the Jehenny man takes, uh, gets a picture ready and they take a picture directed by mm. Norman Lear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the guy that did uh, On the Family. <laughs> There's a dance. <laughs> Have a ball. This is it. You can't be sure at all. Is that what? Yeah, that's the one you get. So head on, head on. And that's a nice message. I like the message. Straight ahead and rest short. That what? You can't be sure at all. Rest assured that you can't be sure at all. So yeah, it is an answer. So why you enjoy the view? Keep on doing what you do. 
Hold on tight. So what bone feet? Yeah, just have a good time. Don't worry about it. What a, I think what a fucking great song, man. Da da da, da da da. It's really fucking positive and upbeat and and and, and it's uh, you know mm. cheerful, cheering, cheering. I give it an A. <laughs> as far as theme songs go. This is Hold on tight, we'll do Somewhere there's web playing? Music. Oh, music playing. I don't, I'm, for some reason, I'm like terrible figuring out like lyrics. Like, <clears throat> hold on tight. Will what? What I'm through? Hold on tight. Will something I'm through? Will... Muddle on through. Huh? Muddle. Muddle. Muddle on through. Enjoy the view, keep on doing what to do. Hold on tight, we'll muddle through. What about your feet? Playing. Just take it like it what? As it comes. As it comes. What a fucking great song, man. Very wholesome. <laughs> 1975. Mm. Yeah, I was five years old. But yeah, I, you know, I remember it. You know, I couldn't remember, like, their faces, or, or, you know. And I didn't remember the um the the I like that character the the handyman dudes, he's funny. Well, I mean like he he wasn't in there much though was he? Um, there was like a lot of, the, most of the drama was around the 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 mother and the girls, the girls they were just kind of like uh, what do you call those like auxiliary uh, ancillary characters. Or like supporting, supporting cast. <clears throat> Sony Pictures Entertainment. I'm gonna leave a comment because you know what it. Uh, you know I'm list. Okay, wow. <laughs> what a blast from the past. Exclamation points. Laughing emoji. <clears throat> and uh, my name on uh, YouTube is Christopher Governator and hashtag POTUS 2024 exclamation points. No, I 
Agitate! 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 <laughs> yeah. Agitates. If agitate were in a pyramid, you know, there were three levels of it. It'd be like agitates on the bottom. <laughs> and agitates around the middle. <laughs> middle parts. And then, you know, the entire top as well. You know, the, uh, you know, Capstone is was golden. The pyramid, yeah, it was golden. A golden capstone on that thing. There was, there was sheets of gold, right? There were bricks. Must have been bricks of gold. It was. There were bricks. There yeah, were my labels. question is, what happened to that? <laughs> must you ask? <laughs> <laughs> what happened to it? Man, they climbed on their fingernails on their penises. Man. That's a good question for Graham Hancock. Chipping <laughs> away at that gold. Yeah, the caps were gold, so. And they're all around the planet. It's begging. It's very, you know um, how we could revitalize our edumificational system is, um, you know, bring these questions to the classroom and let the kids try to research and come up with their own interpretation of what of what happened in history or you know so then uh, gold must be the do research it teach some you know they'll figure out their own research question about it and they'll also contribute to the fucking to you know rewriting you know have competitions in in every subject that's that's what I, you know, that they can put me as like the minister, uh, not the minister, head of the education department. I could change this, I could change the education in this country around in like five years, five, ten years. It'd be like the best education in the fucking world rather than the worst. But that's not what the crown wants. Yeah, well, the well, crown doesn't always get what it wants, does it? <laughs> almost always, but <laughs> no, not almost. <clears throat> it took them only sixty years to recover Cuba. Mm -hmm. From the time Spain was booted out to the time the Castro came back and handed it to, back to them in a silver platter. And why do we know this? Because when we went to Spain, they used to like to tease my parents. Say, oh, you know, Cuba went back to Spain. <laughs> they used to tease them because they knew my parents were Cuban and they thought they were exiles or at least that they couldn't return to Cuba hey man here, here's a way you like if you were ever that. interested in going back to Spain are you interested in going back to Spain a lot of money <laughs> um, lots <laughs> well anyway um, Ibiza I'd like to go there oh, you, can, oh, you mean to, to play See yeah, I'd, like. you know, yeah, you know what, man, Ben Maitre, you know what, uh, you and me, we put together a fucking trance album. You know, I've got the equipment. I haven't, haven't even used to set it up yet, but I've got submit a MIDI. I'd like to go to Tenerife. The um, and let's make our own fucking rave party music and and uh, an album of it. And then we can go. We can go there and be fucking DJs. Just, like, play our fucking shit. That's where and my, uh... 
<laughs> play our fucking shit and look fun. cool and hang out on Ibiza. I wouldn't mind at all. I would love that. Ibiza. I've always wanted to go there. It's like Party Central, right? Yeah, Ibiza is uh, in. Uh, that's where my grandfather was from. My mother's father was from from um, Tenerife in uh, the, the Canary Islands. Um, oh wow, man! So do you think you what? What's the policy on getting um, Spanish citizenship? Because wait, because your uh, your parents? No. Yeah. Oh, no. My grandparents. Your grand your grandparent was born there. What's because like in Ireland, it has like if your grandpa was was born in Ireland, you could pretty easily get Irish citizenship. And have dual American <clears throat> and Irish. Right. And yeah. So um. Hmm. Just gives me an idea. Whoa. I wanna. One of the things I wanna do when I uh when I'm when I start rolling in the dough, I would love to buy an island <laughs> off of the coast of Ireland. And turn it into a, um, well, a, like a music festival every day, every year at least, you know, maybe even like quarterly or something. And turn it into a, a paradisical place to, you know, and take care of an adopt an island, basically, adopt an island. And mm. maybe, maybe we'll find some, maybe we'll find something ancient on it, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and have our own, you know, like boats or whatever to get <laughs> get there, and like could be a nice uh, like summer. Just have like a summer festival, hold a summer festival there, and then the rest of the time maybe run it as a you know get in a hotel manager to run it as a very fucking mm-hmm. exclusive. Um, islands resort. Resort. You can you can rent. You can rent and have your own own um, music. You can film there. You can um, you know make it uh, several different types of revenue streams. So this basically um, a money maker, <laughs> as well as well, you know. We're respecting the the environment. Mind you know, your again, the environment. No bad mate, oh, you good. aren't actually. Good. Ha ha ha. Goody goody goody.
It's a red one, right? What do you know? What do you know? Bad And then I guess she came out again. Yeah. And she was just on the ground. Do you, do you think she, you think she, if I just let her stay out at night like that, she would be okay from my bobcat or not? I would say no. Hmm. It's like two in the morning, man. Yeah, nothing. That nocturnal motherfucker is gonna fucking pounce yeah. on her. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's just because so. it's out there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's safe. 
Alright, well, put her away. Just do that while I'm thinking of it so I don't forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are yeah. nocturnal, those, those cats. Yeah, it just took away my buttercup. My buttercup was a pretty big chicken. Very healthy. Perfect health. It's like the, like the most beautiful, you know, healthy, plump chicken. Extremely well fed. <laughs> Healing of the nation. The fuck. The fuck. Thank you, black people, for that expression. It totally <laughs> suits this occasion. Thank you, black people, for... Inventing all the cool words, the cool, all the new cool words that we, everybody uses, including white, racist, fox, pigs. And sexist, sexist, racist, pigs. That just really don't have much going on. buds. Yeah, that's the biggest. Mm. You you know how I see the situation, bad Mage. Yeah, I know you think that it could explode at any point, but yeah, it's already exploded. It, it everything has exploded, and um, like a big festering pussy wounds, you know, uh, that bursts assist bursting that's we're in that's already going on around it that's happened that's for the past couple of years with with covid now so uh yeah the shit has officially hit the fan that's a good onion title <laughs> the shit has hit the fan and um Everything is stopped, and it's actually, there's something kind of beautiful about it in a way, because now, so you know, like, like I always wanted to get a job that was telecommuting, you know, like, work from home, basically, um, and with COVID, that makes it, it should become the norm. It's helping us in a way to 
to to radically transform our society but you know if it were in the right hands but you know so what are we gonna we're gonna get stuck with you know if they're still alive two years because they're all both old old men who are uh you know they, they just have an enormously st strong constitution um unfortunately so um no i mean like i'm talking about in like trump's uh trump's case but you know he he had some kind of remember when he was taken away to um to a hospital and it was never revealed like what why he had but then i heard like a report that he he had to take like because he doesn't eat vegetables he, he um he eats shit you know normally um so that's one of the reasons why he got all he got pretty fat and it was really bad for his health you know i don't i don't mind he's one person i i would never i would never um encourage to um curb their weight or look after their health <laughs> i would didn't um <laughs> Ben Mitty, are you asleep? Ah, uh, no. Yes, you are, Ben Mitty. No, what I was I saying? If I was, why I did I laugh? Saying. Why did I just laugh, Ben Mitty? If you were awake, go ahead, tell me. I can't wait to. I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you say. Well, Ben Mitty, I'm all ears. <laughs> any suggestions about uh, how to better organize this space um, I'll tell you that I was going to <laughs> move this uh, move all this it's a coffee table it's a long coffee table moving it there and, and, and basically stacking you know, it'll, it'll have 
you know, and I can stack things about this size into, I maybe have a, a bookcase or something, or like a deep bookcase or something on top of it, so I can stash my painting and art supplies, basically. Dollar fifty-two. Uh, I guess that's that's been here for a long time. What? Those water bottles. $1. Oh, these. Yeah, must have been back thirty years ago. No, uh, yeah, I got these more recently. Um, oh, more recently. Yeah. Oh, you got maybe, them. Maybe a couple of years ago or something. Uh, would you like one for your mom? Uh, no. No. Thanks. Okay. It, just don't have the room here. Right. Right. Yeah, balls. Something in there? No. Basically, yeah. um, have, uh, have like at night we can start hanging out out here, and in fact we could do like it. It's like an outdoor lounge. Um, oh, nice. yeah, with the stars above. Like maybe moving in after moving in, we'll be protected. Um, if we want to take it out at night, you know, like a good mic uh, telescope and look at the stars, Ban eh? Look for UFOs. I want to see a UFO. Hey, man. Aliens, can you show me a UFO at some point in the near future? I'll try to look up more often. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Please, uh, you know, I can handle it. Just show me, show me some signs. Okay, go for it. I'm ready. I heard the <laughs> beam me up. <laughs> beam me up. Let's vibe. <laughs> I'm ready to vibe. Extraterrestrials, whenever you are. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. We need more women in punk, huh? That's uh, that's why I like uh, think that well, this is this is good for our music career because I don't have to campaign anymore. Ha 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 ha. Well, I mean, for a while at least. 
mean, like, seriously. Take, take a little break. I did thank the 593 people who voted for me, and they'll be part of my nation. And then, um, actually, I'll have over a thousand people when I get all the when I import that into my nation. So next time it'll be a lot easier to get on the ballot. And, uh, or next time. Building up. And, um, building a community of supporters. Building a supportive community. Hey, that's a good title for, like, lecture. Building a supportive community. <laughs> online actually um I trained I was I was a uh, speaker at a conference women's women's leadership conference in California California I was uh, working with California women's agenda they had I don't know, like 10,000 followers or whatever. Anyway, I, I um, spoke at their conference about how to, like, do your own website. Um, and, uh, you know, networking, expanding your networks online and stuff. And uh, to the women's organization... And I was actually um, a commissioner on the Alameda County Commission on the Status of Women. And I was on the executive board of the Alameda County NWPC. Do you know what the NWPC is? Find right there. NWPC? Yeah. National Women's Plit. in the process of uh, trying to, uh, I, this is a great deal $37 for three books one of them is this incredibly uh, beautiful like photography color um, photography and, and it's a forager's guides and, and this woman she you know, she looked radiant and she got herself out of a wheelchair by changing, by um, eating these so-called weeds in our backyards and pointing out that people avoided starvation. Very few people starved after you know, um, in the Great Depression, because we were able to um, rely on these things uh, like lamb's quarter and and like you know that song poke salad and it gators got your granny poke salads. That's that's what it, it talks about picking the. Um, Every day before supper time. 
And it would go down to the the truck patch, which apparently is a, just a Louisiana thing. A Louisiana, I, I don't know if my Louisiana accent is in those shades, but I've never been there, have I? Never been there, if I would have been there, or um, maybe befriended a Louis, actually I hung out with dudes, I had a roommate who was um, from Lutheriana, no, it's a really cool, uh, I'm, I'm intrigued with the culture there, the, and the, definitely the foods, Cajun, oh my gosh, love like Cajun shrimp, I'm gonna figure it out, sorry I whistled shrimp, 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 isn't that, isn't, that, isn't that how you say shrimp in Spanish? Ben Maytip, wake up. Wake up, fine bitch. Get up and jump around if you have to, Ben Maytip. But don't fall asleep on me. I'm on my front porch. Oh. On my steps, don't you stretch out on my steps, on my front steps, oh. you ain't getting comfortable, no you ain't, <laughs> not right. gonna fall asleep on my back, okay. do some jumping jacks. Jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fall asleep on me, Ben Mitchell. What's a Saturday night? What are you barking at? Who's out there? Is anybody out there? Who is it? And it sounds, um, you know, the that song, uh, Kiss song. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for, to love me. You know that? Remember that song? Yeah, it was kissing. Yeah, um, you could just totally rip off that melody <laughs> and to make a
this is where the, if you have the cast has to done I mean that's what that that TV that big brain is for we gotta plug it in the money plug it in she says no you plug it in no you plug it in no you plug it in you want it so badly <laughs> Visions of this place being like a, a cross between a British pub and maybe it's kind of like a Mesa resort or something like a safari hotel. Safari themed, safari and Taiwan themed. You know, like those are those are uh, Noah's Ark. No, I was thinking about this recently. No. Oh, what? What are you talking about? No. no. It's never no. My hair is always so tight. Oh, no, no, no. Another karaoke night, man. <laughs> Low freak. Do, 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 do. And it keeps going dead. Have, have you heard about new dance crazes to us? I'm sure you'll be amazed. Big fun to be had by everyone. It's up to you. It surely can be done. Young and old are doing it. I'm told. Just want to new be sold. It's good luck, Rick. They're doing that day. Allow us. We're so good the way I'll freak out. Little <laughs> freak, say chic. Freak out. Freak out. All that, all that pressure got you down. Has your head been spinning all around? Check the time. No, check the rhyme. Come on along and have a real good time. 
like the D's. I'm stomping at Savoy. Now a freak. Oh, what a joy. Just come on down to the fifth floor. Find a spot out on the floor. Oh, freak out. The freak. So chic. Freak out. Oh, freak out. The freak. The chic. Freak out. Come on, Ben Macy. Get up on the dance floor. <laughs> oh. Freak out on the dance floor. Come on, Ben Macy. I know you can do it. <laughs> Le freak, say chic. Official music video. <laughs> I bet that would be awesome. Okay, here we go. The freak freak out lyrics. What is that? Is this karaoke version or is this? Yeah. If you find exercise hard, you need one of these. All you need is three minutes. And once you try it, you'll never dread working out again. No more wasted gym memberships, boring workouts. Chic Le Freak. Like if it's a famous one like that, you have to like license it or something. Do you know about that band music? Do you know about that band music? Huh? Hello? Yes. <laughs> yes, what? 
Yes, ma'am. What about the, you have to pay for the licensing fees if you like sample for freak out? Um, you have to pay them something. Yeah, you do. Oh well, <laughs> how much? How much does it cost to license our songs and make it so we can put them on an album? That would be a good question, but no idea. Um, that would be an, a question to ask Cameron, my, um, you know, who's uh, Maddie Beats' bandmate, um, band manager, uh, manager. Um, how much does it cost to license a song by the Beatles to cover? Here is some information for how much to license a song for YouTube cover. According to Drum Magazine, then, every time your cover version is sold or reproduced, you must pay the statutory royalty fee for that song. Wait, wait, uh, what is statutory royalty? Okay. Um, so they they benefit too. That's how long. well. Doesn't it depend on how they? Uh, oh, here we go. Trackclub.com. Interesting. Browse songs, create account, white track club, song license. Songs for creators, better music, better projects. Publish an unlimited amount of content across platforms, unlimited downloads and licenses. Just hit play, customize, and license the perfect music all in one place. Hit play, customize, and license. Try for free, meticulously curated, powered by Mammoth Marmoset. 100% customizable, unlimited licenses, instant content clearance. Certified B Corporation, highest quality music. Types ambient electronic. Hmm. You know, I should ask, um, I should ask, like, King Shiloh what he thinks. How much to license a song for YouTube cover? When someone, when someone records and releases a song, you are free to do so your own cover... Uh, free to do your own cover version of that song by obtaining a mechanical or compulsory license. Wait, wait. When someone records and releases a song, you are free to do your own cover version of that song by obtaining a mechanical or compulsory license. Then every time your your cover version is sold or reproduced, you or your record label must pay the statutory royalty fee for that song. Currently 9.1 cents per copy in the U.S. Hmm. Okay. Um. Whoa. Oh. Oh. That sounds fair. <laughs> so what? So what? Okay, Legal Beat. Do you need permission to upload a cover song to YouTube? That's a, uh, you know, that's a good question. How much of Do you need permission to cover song? When someone records and releases a song, you're free to do your own. Uh, 
Then every time you cover version still new, yes, 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 yes. But a mechanical license is not enough. The original artist holds certain rights in the song under copyright law, including the exclusive right to reproduce, to prepare derivative works, to distribute copies, to publicly perform, and to publicly display the work. The mechanical license covers reproduction and distribution, but not public performance and display. Repro wait, reproduction? Reproduction, like covering it, right? Uh, and distribution, but not public performance and display. Display, what does that mean? Display. Display what? Uh, therefore, you need a sync license as well as mechanical license to legally publish a cover song on YouTube unless the song has fallen into public domain. Aha. How do you obtain uh, that? That's a lit. Get the list of songs in the public domain and mm. choose those, and then, then we can keep all the profits. Yay! And we don't have to um, pay them. Yeah. Uh, um, pay anyone else but ourselves wouldn't that be nice by Macy get that, nice. get that list of and Uncle Sam too public domain songs and cover those then um but let's see how do you obtain a sync license it's not always easy one option is contacting copyright owner often the artist publishing company and negotiating a reasonable rate for the sync license um Let's see. Ah, shit. No. No. Um, I've started other three. Damn it. You want me to give me a free drum magazine pack? Can't trust it. No. Oh my god. It's not letting me. Uh, okay, how much does it? Cost to license Beatles songs. Free on freaking music. Why so rare? It reportedly costs. 250,000 to license the track according to the Wall Street Journal <laughs> Mad Men Beatles license what how much does it cost to license a song for a cover if you plan on releasing a cover song as part of a physical and or downloadable record record you will need a mechanical license <clears throat> the current statutory rate for Mechanical license in the U.S. is 9.1 cents per downloaded song or song on a physical album. Purchase. Okay. Current stuff. <laughs> Great. That sounds better. Yeah, that sounds cheap. Actually, that's like. Um, that sounds it's not. It's not even like 10 percent. Sounds too good to be true. Yeah, it's it's a pittance. Mm, pittance. Got to be a catch. That's totally fair. I don't know. I think that's totally fair. I mean, like they're they didn't do jack shit, but they're getting like a dollar or nine cents out of every downloaded song. Like, 
Say we do sell a million copies of our Ibiza <laughs> records. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh. Then um. I mean, like, that's we get to keep everything, but nine point one percent. It's what is that? If it's like ten per downloaded song. Uh, oh, per song. Like, how much does it cost to download a song usually? A dollar? How much does it cost to download a song? Don't know. No. Is that your breakfast? What? I was gonna take the make uh, some breakfast. No, is that your breakfast? I was gonna take the uh, the pot, the the food that's in the in the rice cooker, the rice pot. Is that your breakfast? Um. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right. I mean, like you, you want some for your no, breakfast too? Well, no, no. I was just gonna take. I was gonna take the uh, the pot down to wash, but I'll leave it there because uh -huh. it's got food in it. So. Uh, right. Okay. I'll pick it up tomorrow. How much does it cost to use a Beatles song in a commercial? Oh my God. That must be a lot. Cost ten million dollars. It takes more money. More really? than money to get to use Beatles songs. The estates of Lennon and Harrison, along with McCartney and Ringo Starr, need to approve of the project you are working on. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> According to Danny Boyle. And then they got to pay $10 million to use one of their songs for a... Are cover songs cheaper to license? That's a good question. Additionally, cover versions are cheaper to license than the original recording. Hmm. We know. This is due to the fact that the master recording is available at much lower licensing costs. What? 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 what you know? Master recording, yeah, right. Um. So that's. I mean, if we do this right, maybe we could make a really good living doing this band meeting. I mean, like. Just another, that's how we can maybe get rich, Ban Mita. I think we're talented enough. Definitely more talented than most, most people. Most artists. Well, differently, differently talented. But no, we gotta, no. Both of us have lots of talents. You know, usually it's what one main person who's who has main the main talents the other one you got the looks i got the brains let's make lots of money <laughs> can you cover a song for free mm, if it's in the domain i think that's how it's gonna be answered when someone records and releases a song you are free to do your own cover version of that song by obtaining a mechanical or compulsory license Um, how much do the Beatles make a day? <laughs> That's a good question. The Beatles still rake in sixty-seven thousand pounds a day from a company they formed before they split nearly fifty years ago. Apple Corps set up in nineteen sixty-eight to manage their affairs. Declared a turnover. Seven thousand pounds a day. Yeah. They make. Yep. Declared a turnover of 
Well, there's a lot of taxes there. Hmm. Declared a turnover. Wait, wait, wait. Apple Core declared a turnover of 24.4 million pounds for the year ending January. Uh, so that's pretty good. It's like in, yeah. well, it's passive. I mean, it's. Most of that. I would have actually expected somewhere. more just because um, every, you know, Beatles. They're just a front. Most of that goes somewhere else. That's the thing. Hmm. Songwriting with Soundfly, perhaps a recent rash of high profile copyright cases. A bunch of our favorite music blogs. Oh no. Doing the same thing. Shut me down. bad cover versions the system is called compulsory licensing anyone can cover anyone else's song and its creator cannot say no that's the compulsory part oh isn't that interesting but if you do cover a song you must pay a royalty yes to the song's creator that's a licensing part what's more the royalty rate is always the same it's statutory hey man I like this I like that system I didn't know it was like that I thought it was um, I, I, that sounds really fair to me, actually. What's more, the royalty rate is always the same. It's, it, it, so it doesn't like, um, choke out our desire to, you know, uh, artistic expression, uh, you know, to get our versions out. I think our versions are lovely. What's more, the royalty rate is always the same. It's statutory, meaning fixed. So basically, we can we can cover other um, we can um, get this compulsory license to cover these songs, and um, but it it doesn't say how much that that costs though. It, it wouldn't there be something more than the nine point one cents per downloaded song ought to know about America ought to know all that let's see um hey Siri hey Siri hey Siri how much does it cost how much does it cost how much does it cost to download a song? How much does it cost to download a song? Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. How much does it cost to download a song?
lines. Hey Siri. <laughs> How much does it cost to download a song? Okay. I found this on the web for how much does it cost to download a song. Check it out. Okay. Okay. Looks like she was having sex somewhere. Who was having sex? Where's she? The computer was having sex. Ha 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 ha. They're funny. Um, while the price of music download varies from country to country, the tax for each song is also on a contingency basis and defined by the individual ah, individual applicable, applicable taxes to for the state country of the billing address used on, on your iTunes account. Sorry, but there is no single answer for this. What if it was a fucking average? How much does it cost to download an album from iTunes? Or oh man, fucking too much uh, TMI. How much does it cost to post a song on iTunes? Hey, that's an idea. Jesus H. Christ. On a bicycle stick. I am enjoying the fuck out of that day, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well. <laughs> Are you going to sleep on me, Dave? Yeah. Gonna crash now. You hit the sack. Okay, Ben Mate. Alrighty, good night. Well, thanks for popping by. <laughs> Let's see, there are two ways to access songs, music, tracks from Apple. One is through Apple Music and the other is through iTunes. The difference is that Apple Music is a streaming service and iTunes is a purchasing service. Apple provides streaming access like Spotify to around 60 million tracks via Apple Music. This is a monthly subscription service, but you may cancel at any time. The service allows you to listen to any song wherever you wish and to download them. However, these songs are protected by Digital Rights Management DRM software, which means that if you cease your subscription, you will cease to have access to the songs. In other words, you are purchasing the right to listen to what you like, when you like, but you are not purchasing the song. 
Apple Music offers individual, family, up to six users, and student subscriptions to Apple Music as well as other services. You can discover what is offered in your country by visiting availability of features by Apple Music and iTunes Match. The cost of access to Apple Music will depend on the country in which you purchase it and should include any taxes. Uh, just give me an idea of the cost of monthly subscription. Here are some examples. USA Individual, $9.99. So 10 bucks a month. Family. Um... $15. Student must be verified by Apple. $5. Stradia. UK. Note there's current charges to the best of my knowledge and offer them as a guide only. Please consult your Apple Store to verify costs. <clears throat> iTunes has been the platform on which Apple launched the first mainstream digital music service that revolutionized the distribution of music across the world. It was established primarily as a sales and delivery platform for digital copies of albums and songs. Um, albums and songs, as opposed to the physical records cassette tapes, compact discs, and digital video discs that have been the norm progressively over the years. iTunes development and inclusion of additional services meant that over time it became unpopular with many. The introduction of Apple Music is in some measure a response to that, although right now iTunes remains available for both Mac and Windows operating systems and is embedded with the Mac OS. When you use iTunes, you can view any albums, songs, or videos that are within the Apple library and you can purchase individual tracks or full albums. Price levels vary according to the recency of release and the relative popularity of the artist's songs or the combination at that time in the country of purchase. iTunes offers the opportunity, opportunity to purchase and download individual songs or complete albums. When you purchase a song or an album from iTunes, it is DRM free and therefore you can transfer it to another device if you wish. Should you also subscribe to Apple Music or Apple Match and then cancel that subscription, the songs or albums that you have purchased will remain in your library. Cost of songs on iTunes. For an accurate cost, you must visit Apple Store for the country in which you intend to purchase. However, again, as a guide with no assurance that whatever is necessarily 100% accurate at this time, I offered the following examples. U.S. individual song, $1.19. Okay, that's what I was fucking looking for. $1.69, Album, $7.99 to $24.99. Wow. Huh. Okay. Right. I think we should sell our albums for nine ninety nine. Just under ten dollars. Definitely worth it. But uh, have two and end each song. Um, have to license separately, you know, from the Elvis estate, Elvis Presley estate. <laughs>
official music video. music hits. Mm. I think Disco Inferno is in order. <laughs> By the Tramps. Mm. The long version. <laughs> Thank you. 
me and Roth used to just jam endlessly to that, like Arizona and to repeat. Anyway, freaking beautiful song. Remember when this was? Liberty Bibbity. Liberty Mutual Custom Anyway, so yeah, um, Ben Reddy was, um, or somebody in the comments was asking about, you know, why do people shit on disco so much? It's because of Bee Gees. Bee Gees kind of ruined it for disco. It was like, they played too much. So much so that like DJs, they would have like BG-less weekends because people just got fucking tired of it. Hear it all the time. Hear it all the time. Got fucking tired of it. Should be.
Haunted Reverie and her Ice Princess Soprano and it fit perfectly. It was not considered for a commercial release and was relegated to the B-side of Can't We Sit Down and Talk It Over. DJ Reaction was much stronger for the B-side and Casablanca re-released a single with that feeling. We're still on this Donna Summer song. It's pretty awesome. So... Speaking at number four, disco, and number six, pop in the U.S., it topped the U.K. charts for four weeks. Its influence never wavered, and in 1982, Patrick Cowley, an ex-lighting man and neophyte disco producer, made a name for himself with an astonishing nearly 16-minute remix that actually improved on the original. Huh. For this version, I've edited together the original 12-inch version, the hard-to-find instrumental version, and finished off with Patrick Cowley's remix version for 27 minutes of disco heaven. I spent more money trying to find a pristine vinyl copy of the Patrick Cowley remix from 1982, acquiring five copies and finally found one that was crystal clear. I hope you keep with the whole trip here. Wow. Okay. This is... 30 minutes long now.
was this one of the first disco songs or what? Dance more than Donna Summer. When I was 12, I would play this 45 really loud so you could hear it from the streets. Lived on a block where a bunch of kids my age lived. 
the song had just come out and no one had heard of it yet, people would come by and ask who and what is that? You have to imagine a world without EDM? And then hearing the song was really decades ahead of its time. They would ask to play it again and again and again. This is a great mix. Staying true to the original. It's also very nice to see you know your pop billboard history. I think music history should be a course all younger kids should learn. Great job. I can recall the summer of 77. I was 15 at the time when this blasted out of the speakers. Hearing it for the first time was mind-blowing as it was totally different. Still sounds great today. Music needs to come back, it will save the country. The song that single handedly invented post punk new wave, and it still sounds light years ahead of its time. I was only four years old, I couldn't understand the different types of music, but when my sister came home with this record, I was mesmerized hypnotized this magical sound into me this is my music I realized that only electronic music and then rock too would give me the right energy the rest doesn't matter thanks a lot Donna Prima Donna Jones says when I was 10 years old I was obsessed with Donna Summer I had had her Bad Girls album and played it over and over and over again in my room. My best friend would come and listen also. I knew all the words to every song. I wanted to be her. Feels like yesterday when I heard the first time everyone was blasting this in all the clubs, homes, hi-fi stereos. I could still see the speaker diaphragms popping in and out to the bass rhythm. Phenomenal mix. Donna just takes me to another realm. Thanks. She was the best disco queen in the 70s and onwards. Disco never dies. I feel euphoric listening to this particular song. Thanks for posting this video. Very happy I found it now added to my exercise regime. Super version extra long. <laughs> Happiness to fly in the clouds with Donna Summer. Stunning. Thank you for this extended version of one of my all-time favorite songs. I love playing this as I do my art. I'm working on a chalk mural, and this is perfect. Love it. It's absolutely amazing. All the transitions and little sounds are incredible. Excellent. Batida. Una joya. A jewel. La magia. Magia musical de... Donna Summary, Jorio, Motor there, excelente. Doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, listen to the sense me on a mad high. Mm. Jesus, I almost cried listening to this remix. It's been over, so overdone, but rarely have I heard a remix that owned it like that.
What a joy thing. After saving with customized car insurance, oh no, liberty, 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 liberty. So good. Commercial advertising. Still going strong. 20 minutes through. 10 more minutes. We're at the two thirds mark. Mark Twain.
I should use this to um pretty much long I feel love. Feeling in the nation. <laughs> Ontario, Canadian massive hello. Hello, my brothers from my reaction sound system in Athens. He looks kind of slim there. She's bringing us a more subtle but profound message that the time has arrived for us to embrace that we're only one species among many and we have more help than we can even imagine to grow to the next level. Okay, that's awesome news, Regina. By the way, Regina, you're awesome, sweetie. Um, but I just I wanted to point out, yeah, that's um, I would love to have 
contact with you teas. I think I think they're talking to me or the, I think they're maybe helping me in my dreams, but um I heard from another show, Gaia show today that the reason they don't make themselves more apparent or visible is that um, there's so much chaos and negativity here um, and that Earth is the only planet where the people are fighting. So, just thought, uh, no, you're welcome. If we will acknowledge it and accept it and so much more andrea so good to see you again Me too now the last series of books it was a tri trilogy house of darkness house of light and anyone who wants to see that can go to the guy archives because i have interviews with you on all of those but now we're going to move on because one of the things we brought up in that series of interviews is that you've also been a lifelong experiencer and contactee so first just a little tease for people who don't already know you about the fact that your family's life story was the basis for the first film, The Conjuring, which scared the bejesus out of everybody. Mm -hmm. So just talk a little bit about what that, kind of what that dynamic did and how it spun the rest into motion for you. Well, you know as well as I do that most of humanity is, we're just sphere-based carbon units. Um, James Wan and those uh, producers working around making The Conjuring, which was units. based on the case files of Ed and Lorraine Warren, the paranormal mm -hmm. investigators and researchers, uh, is about 5% accurate. Uh, when James read my books, he's like, uh, no, oh, hell no. No, we cannot make this story. This will blow people right out of the theater. Nobody will stay to watch the movie. So what they did was they cherry-picked, the screenwriters cherry-picked the case files of the Warrens and my books, which I gave them permission to do, and they created their own third story, mm -hmm. which they considered, you know, palatable. Mm -hmm. uh, based on, you know, the method and formula, you know, how Hollywood, Hollywood yeah, yeah, they just, yeah, and if it's sold before, then it'll sell again, but I'm grateful for the film, The Conjuring, not only because it was made with integrity, but, uh, and with, you know, enormous creativity, but my story, my trilogy, House of Darkness, House of Light, would absolutely be languishing in obscurity along with a million True. other books absolutely had it not been for that blockbuster film and you know there were some things that when i said there were takeaways for me i still talk about with friends mm -hmm. there were two points in your books two points that to me never went away mm -hmm. and one was that how these entities working from the other side that have yet to release themselves into the next level how they work with the forces around including electricity and that fascinated me that they when they manifested to attack your mom or whatever they were doing your electric bills would go up the meter would be spinning that they're manifesting through the electrical universe and water and water and, and i found that fascinating the other one i'm just going to say it briefly we've got a lot to talk about in your new book a wonder to behold was that your mother found herself looking into the dimension and time with another woman at the same dining table, at the same place at the dining table with her family, a hundred, two hundred years before, and that woman turned and looked at her, and they saw each other through time. 
Yes. That was incredible. Yes. That what, what happened was there were two men sitting at the table and they had pewter steins yes. in front of them, indicative of the 1700s yes. being outlawed in the 1800s as dinnerware. Yeah. Um, and they were sitting at the table and the, one man looked into the parlor and saw my mother standing yeah. on the hearthstone yeah. and he nudged the guy beside him and pointed her out and she was the ghost. So that was her That's moment what's ironic. epiphany. That yes. was like, pshew. Like we're we're living in in dimensions that are literally able to integrate, even if it's just momentarily. He was looking into the future. She was she looking was into the past. Each one was a ghost to the other. Yes. I just I love that. I thought it was a woman at the table. I forgot it was men. Thank she you for the cooking. correction. Of course. She uh, yeah, because I, I, I knew there was a woman in that room. Yeah. Anyway, but I just found that fascinating that it's all a matter of perception depending on the time-space continuum, right? Right. Abs and dimensionality. So those are just a couple takeaways for anyone who wants to go and read those books who has not. Um, so let's get into the whole, whole part that you brought up there of throughout this time and then up through now. You're a different kind of person. Yes. You came from somewhere else like some of my guests have. And you talked about your life as a contactee and experiencer. And I want to, if you'll go back into that event and bring us forward into everything we're going to discuss today, why that started being shown to you at an I think that, and I think I'll always think this, when we moved to that farmhouse, that original colonial farmhouse, and I realized that I could see into what some describe as the fourth dimension, spirit, um, it was disconcerting, but it was also comfortable. It was familial and familiar. It was the only place I've ever lived in my life that felt like home. It's the only permanent place on this earth for me. As where, painful and crazy as it was, it was home. Yeah, it was. And I could interact and relate with the spirits mm -hmm. in an entirely different way than my family could. Right. Um, but that was also where I had my first conscious contact mm -hmm. with extraterrestrials. And it was the most, that was my paradigm shift, my personal paradigm shift. And it happened three weeks ago, 50 years ago. Oh, really? In October. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was the first year that we lived there. And I was outside alone. I don't understand how that happened. Being the eldest of five girls, I always had children, little sisters tethered to me. This was different. I was standing out in the front yard by myself. And an entire flotilla of ships passed over the uh, farmhouse. Now, I say that that's my first conscious contact because I feel absolutely certain that I've known since I had any self-awareness as a being that I was not from here. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was something different. I was playing fake it till you make it since the age of about three. Mm -hmm. um, I came into this world with an innate ability to read music, to play musical instruments, to um, read well above my... Um, Great well, level. I was reading Emerson's essays when I was eight years old mm -hmm. and absorbing it. Yeah. Um, Whitman, Thoreau, mm -hmm. uh, the metaphysical writers. Mm -hmm. uh, and I could talk to animals and have them talk 
to me in a way that I understood everything that they were saying or what their needs were. And then I started to realize that other people couldn't. Mm -hmm. And so that created kind of a cognitive dissonance, kind of a disparate um, separation right. for me, where I felt very much alone. But I used that alone time to start to go a little deeper into my own consciousness and to explore it because it's a whole universe. Thank you for that, Andrea. I have to say, we just stop shooting for a sec and have a little edit here because every time you come here, watches stop, lights blow, and there there's a contingent of beings around us that we, you people aren't going to be able to see with their eyes, but they're here. You can feel them. And so strange stuff happens. So we have to stop a lot and do little edits as our lights blow and audio goes out. So we're back. We're back. <laughs> so now what I'd like to say is, okay, so you had that whole universe inside you. And in your book, Wonder to Behold, you talk about the fact that this started precipitating the need for almost a new kind of language among humanity. People that were starting to have these experiences, the work of Dr. John Mack and others. Yes. We have to create a whole new language to accommodate that we're, we may not be the only species in the universe. And you say a couple of those words are like starseed and empath. So this is to express what's beyond the, the 5D world. So talk about that a little bit and what you started learning from that point forward. Well, I think that what's happened is we've had to expand the vernacular. Mm -hmm. We've literally had to create an extended language to accommodate our spiritual growth and our understanding as it burgeons about the oneness, the realization of oneness of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so what I refer to it, I refer to it in two different ways in the book, um, as higher love mm -hmm. and light language, mm -hmm. where words no longer have the same relevance uh, in terms of communication. And because I had that experience as a 13-year-old child, and I just turned 63, I am 50 years into this journey now. That it happened at the farm, and that I, as a child, thought I was literally the only person on Earth that just saw what I saw, which was not only one vessel, but an entire flotilla mm -hmm. of vessels pass over that property. Mm -hmm. I know I had lost time. I know everything went completely silent. Even bird song, right. gone. There yeah. was nothing. A common, um, common to experience. And I, yeah. But I didn't know I you was didn't a know child. Any of it. And yeah. God knows there was not that much out yeah, not there. Really. I couldn't just run down to the library and start pulling out yeah. books on UFOs. Yeah. They weren't written yet. Interestingly, my sisters, when I was writing House of Darkness, House of Light, they said, Please don't talk about your little friends. Oh, why did they find that so difficult when everything else that was going on? Yeah, why did they find that difficult? The logical question, yeah. which I asked was, oh, so you think I'll be taken more seriously Instead of writing about guys. spirit <laughs> and ghosts, dead people, than talking about the sentient, prescient beings that are circumnavigating this globe in numbers that we can't even wrap our minds around mm -hmm. and you think i'll be taken more seriously mm -hmm. writing about dead right. people <laughs> than living beings who, who are here to help us with our forward momentum as right. a species 
And their answer was yes. Okay, well, you ignored them. Thank goodness. So you well, well, no, yeah. I didn't, actually. There's nothing at all about extraterrestrials in the trilogy. Well, I, I wrote and I a whole entire book. camera after it was yes, released. Yes, we did. Yes. There was nothing in there. I left it out. That's true. Um, even though they were absolutely correlated and integrated. But then five years later, I wrote A Wonder to Behold, yeah. which encompasses and incorporates all of my experiences um, as a contactee. Right. And this is really, um, I, uh, okay, I'm going to be view interviewing another woman tomorrow, two other women that are mediums, Trent, they're mediums, two beings on the other side who've passed over and between communications between people. And one thing they say, which is very relevant to what you're, you're talking about, and I talked about in the open, is that we are surrounded by beings interdimensionally that are here to watch, to assist, um, to be able to help us cognitively even and spiritually and emotionally, just like what's in the studio right now. You bring a contingent of them with you. I always dial in before the interview, and they're everywhere i thought man this place is crowded so they're all here and we all have them around us to help us lift into something so let's talk about the nature of this multi-dimensional universe and these beings from other places what they're here to help us learn and do from your perspective now well i do travel with my own security detail mm -hmm. that's a fact yeah um, especially so at thirty thousand feet and, and up my mother worries constantly. She's like, you travel too much, you're on planes. I'm like, Mom, I'm in the safest yeah. seat yeah. in the sky, okay? Yeah. Nothing's going to happen to me because I came to the realization that I am here on a mission. I came to the realization that I have a job to do, that I'm part of the ground crew. But even though I understand now that I am in this place, I am not of this place. Right. If you were, you wouldn't be blowing our lights. So, okay. Right. So let's get into these multidimensional species. Also, just a plethora of third-dimensional species also within the universe that are capable of projecting themselves here through technology yeah. and your interaction with them and what they're asking of you and what they're offering humanity. They're not really offering humanity anything but enlightenment. Mm -hmm. They can't do it for us. It's the shortest chapter in my new book. It's also the most profound. It's called The Chicken and the Egg. And about four or five years ago, I'd been working, writing uh, a screenplay, working very late at night. I went to bed. And I normally go out between 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning and speak with my galactic family, sing to them. That's how I interact with them, through song. Uh, but not that night. I was tired. And I went to bed, and all of a sudden I got a nudge, like a physical yeah. nudge. Yeah. Get up. Well, it was the middle of January in Florida. I was freezing to death. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, not tonight, not tonight. And then I got a push. Mm -hmm come out. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know why they couldn't do what they did while I was still in the house, but I went outside and I was aggravated because I had to put my slippers on and a robe, mm -hmm. you know, Florida. An inconvenience, yes. yeah. And I went out to the middle of the driveway and I just looked up and I said, what is it? And in that moment, a light, a 
a thousand times brighter than the one that's focused on me right now went off here. And I was suddenly 12 years old again. Mm. I was back with my mother and my sisters and my father at a chicken farm in Connecticut, close to the border where our farm was in Rhode Island. And the farmer's wife had taken all of us into an area where they were allowing some of the chicks to be born. So there was this long incubator, I guess, for lack of another word, where all the eggs were separated. And I'm standing there and, I'm, and a couple of them were moving. And then I saw this tiny little beak come <laughs> pop through. Mm -hmm. And I went over to crush the egg to release the baby chick. Mm -hmm. And my mother gently released and you know, pulled my hand back and she said, oh no, honey, you can't crack the egg because if you do, the baby will die. I was mortified through sheer ignorance. I almost claimed the life of a baby chick because I didn't know better until my mother taught me that lesson. So this is a metaphor for that humanity. That was the metaphor. Yes. And that's what they gave me that yeah. night. Wow. I didn't see anything moving in the sky. I did not have any kind of visible contact with a vessel. I got that instant of that message and I went back in and I opened up my computer and I sat and I wrote the treatise, The Chicken and the Egg. Because you see, what I needed to relearn from a lesson that I learned well as a 12-year-old was that you can help someone so much that they can no longer help themselves. Mm -hmm. And so what I came to by having them give that long forgotten lesson a reboot in soul school where the test always precedes the lesson was. Explain that. The amount of energy that is required for that baby chick to peck its way out of its three dimensional shell is equivalent the amount of energy and strength that will require to exist on the outside of the shell. Mm -hmm. And if you do the work for it, it will perish. Mm -hmm. And that is our lesson. And that was the message. That's a beautiful metaphor. Very apropos. So now we look at some of the, as you say, the, what's being offered is a chance for enlightenment. And that means many things to many people, but it means to wake up. It does. Many beings from many dimensions that we call guides. They can be ETs, they can be interdimensionals, are here, and they're there for, our, for the asking, asking for help. And it really is up to us to come to that dawn of awakening where we're ready to ask for what we need to make this um, transition, to transition to this higher awareness. That's Each right. one of us has to go through that in our, in our own time and peck our way out of that yes. shell. And once we have, there are beings galore waiting to help us. And here they are. And here they are. And you talk about um, the fact that these species may have created us. Some of these species may have even been partly our creators. I, I see it in a very similar way. It certainly tweaked us in the beginning. Let's talk about that. This is hard for some people. This is very hard for a lot of people because... Our belief system, I mean, even atheists have a belief system. They believe there is no such thing as God. Mm -hmm. Our belief systems, I think, function as the jet fuel mm -hmm. for our cognitive development. We rely on them. It's what makes sense to us. It's what we are indoctrinated in it, at a usually very early age. 
and most people either grow with it or outgrow it, mm -hmm. but it becomes a part of us. And so one of the reasons why I've heard from inside the community of people who research UFOs, UAPs, you mm -hmm. know, whatever you want to call them, mm -hmm. I call them my galactic family. They say the reason that disclosure is not occurring is because of the fear, again, fear, that it will fracture belief systems and it will undo the power structure. What the real fear is, is that the power structure and the people that are or perceive themselves to be in control, there's nobody's in control, but they think they're in control. I consider it disingenuous for them to say that they're concerned that humanity can't handle this. Yes, we can. And we don't need them for disclosure. It's already it's happened. It's already happened. And we are the point of disclosure. You and me and mm -hmm. countless others mm -hmm. who have had the experiences and who are courageous enough to speak our truth regardless of the consequences for it. I have no fear of the government. I have no fear of any single individual that might find what I am saying disconcerting because I am the light. I have learned through my experiences as a child. I have seen the dark side of existence. I learned to live in the light. It repels anything that is evil or negative from me. And all of us, if I'm capable of that, all of us are capable of that. And so I have no fear in terms of recounting my stories, my experiences. They're far more than stories. What I need to implore people to do is to go within and look within. And if COVID gave us a gift, it was that time to feel the ground beneath our feet and the grass between our toes and take a few moments to look up into this boundless, ever-expanding universe. From my perspective, there are only two important questions for us on this plane of action at this time. One is, is there something beyond our mortal existence? Yes. Are we alone in the universe? No. No. I think that it is incumbent upon us now in terms of our own spiritual evolution to determine who we are, where we come from, why we are here, and what is our purpose. And I truly believe, you know, there's a, a huge quantum leap between belief and knowledge. Mm -hmm. I am coming from a place of knowledge, mm -hmm. but I do believe that I am here with purpose and reason at this specific time, and so are all the rest of us, so that we can literally find our way out of the darkness into the light, find our way to a higher level of consciousness, to higher love, to a deeper understanding of the purpose of our being. Mm -hmm. We're not just here to live and die and keep a roof over our heads and make money. No, it's much day. greater than that. It is entirely spiritual. Most communication is telepathic. It's all about consciousness and the realization of oneness. 
And when we reach that point, and that's why I'm here, when we reach the point that we understand that everything is energy, that everything is one thing, that existence is shared, and that we are all here to support each other, then perhaps that will be the turning point where we stop mutilating. Listening to From the Conjuring to E.T. Contact to Open Minds, Season 21, Episode 9. Getting tired. To higher love, to a deeper understanding of the purpose of our being we're not just here to live and die and keep a roof over our heads and make money no it's much greater than that it is entirely spiritual most communication is telepathic it's all about consciousness and the realization of oneness and when we reach that point and that's why i'm here when we reach the point that we understand that everything is energy, that everything is one thing, that existence is shared, and that we are all here to support each other. Sure about that? Kind of idealistic. I mean, I don't know if other many other people understand and that. Perhaps that will be the turning point where we stop mutilating each other and killing the planet that we live on. And that's why I'm here with you today. Mm-hmm. And that's the message of the House of Light. Yes. Now, let's go to the House of Darkness for a moment. Because we have these interfaces with various species, many, many different species. Mm. You have your galactic family, other people have theirs, and then you've got marauders. I mean, you have a little bit of everything. This is a vast universe, and this planet is of great interest. So for a moment, let's talk about technology, you know, seeding of technology. I did an interview with John Warner IV. His dad was John Warner III, who was a five-time senator, and, you know, he's talked about... Talked about what? What the hell's going on? to it he said but what people don't understand is at the top we think it's just a cast of humans at the very top the hierarchy actually is et that was his statement Mm -hmm. at the very top that kind of runs this show even 
Well, that's disconcerting to people, unless your best interest is at heart, right? right. So let's get into the technological part of the game because you have said this time is critical because we can do exactly what you just spoke of, which is time to understand our purpose here and move into the light our own light in each one of us and together and then you have another agenda playing out at the same time and yes. i think we need to talk about it we do and there are ets attached to that one as well yes there are um i as i said earlier i already believe that disclosure has occurred mm -hmm. i think people are handling it very well for Absolutely. the most part i mean you know <laughs> what? when i look the churches at churches may not like it but he, people are doing fine people are doing fine mm -hmm. You I mean don't think not that it's fracturing people anymore? people's belief systems. Tell them the truth. And in fact, I think it's solidifying them. And the power brokers really only seek to protect their own power. Uh, that's really all they care about, the common denominator being greed. Pa power, power and profit, that's yes, it. Yes, um, you know, there needs to be a crisis of conscience mm -hmm. on this planet. They somehow think they can take it with them. That's the most shocking thing. Of all, don't understand that. I cannot comprehend it. Um, I, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around so much of what's going on. The cognitive dissonance, the shredding of what Dolores Cannon referred to as uh, the shredding of old and new birth. There is so much. We are at a pivotal time in the evolution of humanity. And we could just as easily fail as succeed here. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the influences that take us down the road of technology versus spirit. And everyone watching this understands how this is playing out in the world mm -hmm. to one degree or another. Right. Let's talk about how you understand it playing out. AI being part of it. And it's a complex subject. It is a complex subject, but how it's also it? simplistic in... in that this was inevitable. There was going to come a point where, first, let me first, first of all, let's dispel some fear here. Okay, if Stephen Hawking's final treatise said, yes, they're here, but don't talk to them. We don't know what their intentions are. Uh -huh. That's pretty much what he left us with yeah. prior to his death. That was disappointing to me mm -hmm. because that was fear-based yes. as well. If he had spoken with them, then he would know that they pose no threat. Right. The thing that upsets me and angers me is that the military-industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about is coming to full fruition now in terms of uh, vilifying and creating a threat that does not exist. Mm -hmm. I saw the footage from the Nimitz. Mm -hmm. They were playing with us. Mm -hmm. They were making their presence known. Not That's a all that. No, not no a threat. threat. Uh, okay, and here's the thing. Here's the logic. They've been here forever. If they wanted to enslave us, they could have done it uh, millennia absolutely. ago. And then, when I lecture about this, I usually have my smartphone sitting off to the side with a couple of notes in it. And then I pick up my phone and say, gee, how enslaved do you feel? <laughs> yeah. Your face is always buried right. in this. Put it down. Yeah. Look up. Yeah. You know, this is a tool. It is not the main focus of your life. Facebook is not the end-all, be-all of your existence. Please 
Put this down and look up. Go to the ocean. Feel the sand get trapped between your toes. Feel the clouds and the wind above you. Become integrated with this beautiful place before it perishes from existence and we will be the ones responsible.